This morning, I have a word for you. Are you ready? I want you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And I want to talk about something that I have titled, Maximizing the Thoughts of God for Your Life. Maximizing the thought of God, or the thoughts of God for your life. Are you there? So, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we walk in it. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in it. Do you get that? So God has ordained a life for each and every one of us. God has a thought out life for each and every one of us. God has designed a life for us that we should live and walk in it. You see, the beautiful thing is that we are not alone. And we don't have to try to find out how to live our lives. God has done that already. He has designed a life for us. And so the Bible said that he has preordained that we should walk in it. And so the responsibility that we have is to find out the plan and the purpose of God for our lives and then step into it. Many people are living their lives and they are not fulfilled simply because they have not yet discovered what God wants them to do per time. And so they go by popular opinion. What's the new thing to do in town? Let's travel. What's the new thing to do in town? Let's go to school. What's the new thing to do in town? Maybe everybody is starting a business. Let me go and start one. Everybody is starting a ministry. Let me go and start one. Yet they do not have the template that God has designed for their life. And so they go left, right, and center, and they don't know what to do. And they come to a standstill. And they, one moment they are doing this. The next moment they are doing this. One time they are confused. They don't know what to do with their life. Why? Because they have missed out on the plan of God for their lives. But it's possible for us to find out exactly what God wants us to do with our life. It's possible for us to find out from God when we want to make a decision, when we want to make a move, so that God can direct our lives, so that we can step into the ultimate plan of God for our life. That way we can live a more rewarding, profitable, and fulfilling life. Am I speaking to somebody? So it's possible to know what God wants you to do per time. It's possible for you to know that you are at the center of God's will. I know I am at the center of God's will, doing what God wants me to do with my life. No two ways about it. I'm not confused about it. I just know. And every Christian can come to that conclusion where they say that I am where God wants me to be. Somebody asked me a question. He said, how long have you lived in the UK? And I told her, they said, what don't you like about the UK? And I was like, hmm, hard to think. And I said, for a moment, I think I've, I've gotten used to the UK. I like everything. And then when the conversation was going on, it dawned on me that the reason why I love being in the UK is not because it's UK. 
but it's because that's where God wants me to be. In this season of my life, I know that this is where God wants me to be. Are you with me? So when she asked me the question, I realized that of all the nuances in this country, it looked like none, nothing has moved me enough to say, let me move to Canada. Because now everybody is going to Canada, right? I don't know what's there. Of all the nice, you know, of all the things that I don't like. Because when I was away, I realized that this country is too busy. There was so much peace. But you see, why is it that I find solace living in the UK? Because I know this is where God wants me to be at this point in my life. You know, there was a time in my life that I was going through a lot. One day, I went to my senior brother, called him and said, you know what? I've had enough with this country. I'm going back to Ghana. And then he said, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Come, come, let's pray. So I went to his house. I remember it was, what? It was Easter. Easter Friday, I was there. We didn't pray. We just ate and then we slept. I was like, this man, what is he trying to do with my life? I came here to tell you I'm leaving town. So Saturday night, he now said, all right, let us pray. And we just prayed just some normal, usual prayers. So we finished just for about an hour. I said, well, I had laid out my plan. So when I go to Ghana, I'm going to do this. And I have plans. I have my own plans. I'm going to sell kinky. And sell cement. And then sell what again? What again did I sell? So bread, yes. I had plans. I had a big concrete plan. So I was about to go and sleep. He was living in a house that's, you know, those houses that looks like story building, right? And I was just going to use the washroom so that I'll come back and sleep. And I was climbing the stairs and going. Then I heard, if you stay, I will prosper you. I just look at the time. It was exactly 1 a.m. 1st of April 2018. Exactly 1 a.m. If you stay, I will prosper you. And when I was coming down the stairs, you can imagine my walking. I didn't like the way I was walking. <laughs> Why? Because my plans has been interfered. By the plans of God. The Bible said that many are the things in the heart of a man. Many are the plans in the heart of a man. Yet the counsel of God will stand. So you can scheme and have many thoughts, have many plans. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'll, I'll, I'll marry at this time and I'll do this and I'll do that. You know, I had a plan of the time I wanted to marry. I wanted to marry maybe somewhere 2018 or 2019. No, I didn't even have what it takes to marry, but I still had a plan. And then, one day I was doing a prayer meeting. What was it? School 21. Oh, boy. And then the worship was going on. Once the worship was going on, I heard the Lord say, in the year that you'll be, he gave me the age, right? You'll be this age. And the year fell in the year 2021. That's the year that you marry. Said, no way, not me. I calculated, I think it was in 2017. I calculated four years. Haba. You want, you want somebody to marry my wife? I'm not going to tell her that you have to wait four more years. Right. 
So I made that plans. But then I, you know, one thing about God is that when you hear God, you know you've heard God. Especially if you are used to hearing God, you know you've heard God. Long story short, you know, even that time I didn't have my immigration sorted, but I still had plans to marry. So I noted the time that he said 2021. 2019, I made my plans. I said, next year, 2020, this in 2020, I'll marry. I'll marry at all costs. Now, I told everybody, August 2020, I set the dates. 22nd August 2020, I am married. You know, December 31st, 2019. 31st night, I went to the ring shop, bought the ring. As soon as I bought the ring, I went straight to the church because, you know, when I bought it, I <laughs> These things in the cost. <laughs> I just wanted to go straight to the, the chair so that my mind has not changed. So we're just making plans. And guess what? 2020 comes. And there's a strong guy that shows us, say, my name is COVID. Now there's lockdown. Everybody can, nobody can travel. All my marriage plans, they are falling into the water. They are, they are diving deep. Say, Wow. So sometime in April, April 2020, I remember I was in the house. I was just pacing. You know, God has a sense of humor that he just comes to you sometimes unannounced. I was just walking about. He said, what happens to your marriage plans? He said, have you realized that when you try to do something outside my will, it will not work? Then I noticed that what he said, that 2021 is the year I will marry. And I chose to marry in 2020. It didn't work. Guess the year I married? 2021. So when I was marrying, I knew I was married at the time God wanted me to marry. He said, can I show you something? I don't want to paraphrase it. Isaiah chapter number 55. Oh. Isaiah 55. From verse 8. Say, are you there, somebody? Isaiah chapter number 55. Can we read together? One, two, verse eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are harder than the earth, so are my ways harder than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is not against you thinking. But what he's trying to tell you is that I have thoughts about you. They might not be the same as your thoughts. I have ways that I do things. They might not be the same as your ways. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts. And so are my ways than your ways. Just look at the length between the heavens and the earth. All right? Because sometimes when we were younger, we thought God lived in the sky. And then we saw that there are some things moving in the sky. And then all we can do is aeroplane, bye-bye. We just wave at it, assuming the people in there can see us. Because we thought that was the highest. But then you notice that when you are in the airplane, you notice there's something higher than that too. And God is trying to tell us that as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my thoughts 
Vanier thoughts. And my ways, Daniel ways. So that means that God has a thousand and one ways to do one thing. God can think something about you that your mind cannot comprehend. He gave us a mind for a reason. So that we can think about things, reason and, and deliberate on things. But then when it comes to the things concerning our lives, it will be better to align your thoughts with the thoughts of God. Are you following? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he said, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Do you see that? So the thoughts that God has for your life, the ways, the plans that God has for our lives, no man has seen it. No man has heard it. And he's saying it has not even entered into the heart of any man. You know how I interpret this? This is how I interpret this in my own life. That if God says that he's going to make you big, I has not, ear has not, so if you thought there was somebody who was big that you were trying to compare your life with, that means that what God has ordained for you, it's so big and different from this. If you have heard about someone that God has made great, that it means that what God has for you, we have heard about someone. We have probably heard about Bill Gates. We have heard about all the, the great people you can think of. Maybe you're a singer. We've heard about Alvin Slaughter. We've heard about Sister Winans, all the big names. But the Bible is saying that what God has ordained for you, we have not yet heard it. That means that your story is different. That means that your end is different. That means that you can live a life that is not predictable. Men cannot predict you. The Bible said that the wind blows where it listed. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it goes. And he says, so is every man that is born of the Spirit. So it means you can live an unpredictable life. Men cannot predict your end. That is how you have to trust in God that no man can dictate how your life would be. This is the confidence that we have in him. The ones we trust in, our life is secured in him. He said, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the eyes, the heart of any man, the things which God has prepared. He did not randomly pick it. He took time and prepared it, ordained it just for you. Can we read verse 10 together? First Corinthians chapter 2. I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Did you see that? The things that no eyes have seen, that no ears have heard, that has not entered into the heart of any man, it can be revealed. And the Bible is saying that God has revealed those things that are hidden in his realm. He reveals them by his spirit. He said, for the spirit searched all things, even the deep things of God. What does that mean? You're trying to make a decision. 
Should I go left or right? You can only make those decisions based on the information available to you. But you cannot tell how far the impact of that decision is. So you say, okay, maybe when I do this, it will end this way. When I do that, it will end. That's far can you see. You might not be able to see beyond tomorrow. You might not see beyond one year or two years. But the Bible said that the Spirit of God, he searched all things. What he has done is that he has done a deep analytical work and then he has assessed all the probabilities and the permutations and says that if you go left, it will end you well. Or if you go right, it will end you well. That means that it will make sense for us to follow the leading of the Spirit concerning matters of our life. Why? Because he sets all things. And these things include all the major events of our lives and even the minor ones. That you can trust God that he thinks well of you. You can trust God that he has a plan for your life such that you can bank your hope on him knowing that if I follow God, it will truly lead me well. Is somebody here? He said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. He said, no eyes have seen, no ear has heard. It has not entered the heart of any man the things that God has prepared. But these things can be revealed by the Spirit of God. And then he said, for what man knows the things of a man? Save the Spirit of man which is in him. So these things that the Spirit of God reveals, he reveals to a spirit man which is within. You see that? And then when the Spirit of God communicates to our spirit, then our spirit translates the messages to our minds. And then we can gain cognizance of it and then do or take the action that we need to take. Is somebody following me? Now somebody will say, how do I then align my thoughts with the thoughts of God? 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6. This is so remarkable and you need to see this. 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6. The Bible speaks of a man who was able to align his thoughts and his plans with the plans of God. He said, Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Jotham became mighty. In other words, it ended him well. Why? Because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. So he did not just lock himself up in one small room, one small corner and say, you know, I'm just going to do this. When I do this, it's going to end me this way. Have you had some plans and never materialized? It's like, ah. You say a lot, right? Just sat down and just, you just did your own mapping. You know, when I do this, it will end this way. Oh, maybe when I do this, eh? you know, I'm good. when I finish school, I'm going to, maybe in two years' time, I'll buy a car. Then after buying a car, I'll rent a house. I'll start building, and then I'll find one, a nice lady or a nice gentleman to marry, and then, then you realize that so. <laughs> it's, more, it's more than plans. It's more than plans. Or when I come to the UK, within two years, I'll build a house. I'll, I'll build a house. 
I'll blow. When I get back to Ghana, they will know I travel. How do I align my thoughts with the thoughts of God? Number one, let the word of God fill your heart. Let the word of God fill your heart. You must be someone that is dependent on the word of God. And if the word of God is going to fill your heart, it means that you have to take time to read, to study the word, to meditate on it, so that his word will stay in you. Said that thy words have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, there are some things that you just want to know. You know, this one is not good. There are some decisions, they are just generic, all right? You know that you don't need to pray to know that you don't have to have a husband and a boyfriend. Or you don't have to have two girlfriends. And say, no, I'm just trying to decide. <laughs> you don't need to pray. You don't need divine guidance. It is in the word of God. You don't need Bible to tell you that you don't have to go and sleep with someone who is not your wife or husband. You get that? I mean, you don't need the inspiration of the spirit it's in the bible you know so when the word of god is in your heart there are some things that it directs you to do when you know the word of god you know that it tells you that you have to be productive when you know the word of god it tells you that integrity matters when you know the word of god it, it will tell you that it's not good to lie as a christian you don't need the holy spirit to speak to you this is not a divine or hidden mystery it's plain and open in the word so when the word of god is hidden in your heart you will know that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God can shine on your light and you know what to do generically. So there are some things that they are generic in the word of God. That when you open the word and you know, you know what to do. That way you are aligning your thoughts and your plans with the word of God. You are aligning your thoughts and your plans with God. Are you with me? The second one is that you have to trust God. You have to trust God that he will lead you in the way that you should go. You know, there are some people, they think they are, they are smarter than God. Have, has God spoken to you and then you feel like, oh, what you are saying, that's him. it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best. I remember when I was in Ghana, I finished university, and then everything pointed that I have to be in London. And then one day I, I went to God and I was praying. You know, as soon as God said, and, and I, I felt the impression in my heart that I have to go back to London, I said, God, you, you don't know London. <laughs> don't know London. Because I had come to London, and this is the place that you see people dress their way ends. Maybe you have not seen it yet. But those days, when we were younger, you go to Stratford, the shopping mall, the things you see with your eyes. And I said, Lord, now that I have small anointing, you want me to go to London and I'll lose everything. I said, God, you don't know London. I cannot forget that prayer. And I said it, I said, what am I saying? I'm telling God that he doesn't know London. And then he said, I'll give you something that will keep you. And if you survive in the UK, you can survive anywhere. And many years down the line, I think I've survived. Right? So God knew 
that it will be worthwhile. So you have to trust God. You have to trust God. You know, when I was coming, I didn't think I would last even six months. Because my greatest worry is I like to pray in the morning and I know it's cold. And I'd never experienced winter before. So I was wondering, how am I going to wake up and pray when it's cold? I didn't even know there's something like heaters. You see, but I trusted God. When he said, if you stay, I'll prosper you. Just that same year, things began to align. Do you understand? He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So it starts with trusting him. I call it blind trust. Blind trust. How would you know that marrying this person will work out when you hear that marriages are breaking apart? It is called blind trust. Trusting in the Lord that when you prayed about this, the person, you had a nudge in your heart, this is the person. How would you know that going to this career will work out? How would you know that relocating to this city will work out? It can only be better if you trusted God for him to lead you. So it's abandoning yourself recklessly unto him. Knowing that God is able to sustain my life. So it starts with trusting him. That I can trust God with my life. God can manage my life. He will make me do well in this life. God will bring me to unexpected end. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of good and not of evil to bring you to unexpected end. It's unexpected end. In other words, what everyone who thinks well of you think for you. What they imagine that all things be equal. I want Nana to excel. They want to think well of you. You yourself, you have a good expectation about your life. That's what God says unexpected and and the beautiful thing about God is that he does it exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think trust God he can do more with your life listen God wants to make a name with your life he wants to make a name for himself with your life God wants to show forth his glory in you in this world but you have to start by trusting him are you with me the third one is that be humble to ask the Lord for guidance. Be humble to ask the Lord for guidance and confirmations in prayer. Like I said, if God speaks to you, you know he spoke to you. Maybe God spoke to you or you're not sure, is this God leading me? You can go back to him and pray and ask, Lord, is this your will? The Bible makes us understand that Jesus, when he came to the peak of his ministry, where he had to go to the cross, and then at some point when he failed to weak about it, he knew that it was the plan of God for him to die. But at some point, you know, he probably was, he said he was filled with agony. That's what he said. You know, sometimes life can agonize you, such that you know the things you have to do, but you just... You're just failed to do it. You don't have the, the, the vim and the confidence to do it. That's the time to go and pray. Can we look at that? Luke chapter 22. 
verse number 39 to 43. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you being blessed? All right, one, two, let's go. He said, and he came out and went as he walked. He was run to the Mount of Olives and us and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Listen, this is probably one of the best prayers you can pray in your life. Say, Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, not mine. Not mine, but yours. That is the place of trust and humility. That you have abandoned your life to him. Say, Lord, lead me and I'll follow. Lead me and I'll follow. Oh, shepherd of my soul. You know that song? I give you what? Full control. That you have subjected your life to him. Say, Lord, you are the shepherd of my soul. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. When we say that, it means that he has the capacity, the ability to lead us. Wherever you may lead me, I will go. When you come to that point, you know, sometimes taking a stance for God means that you, the things, you're not really so happy about it. But you say, yes, sir, we move. So Jesus came. How can Jesus question the will of God? That shows you the frailty of humanity. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not mine, but thine. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. That's what prayer does. That in the place of knowing God's will, if you did not know, you asked to know. If you know and you're not sure or you don't have, you know, the confidence to move forward, that's what prayer does. It strengthens you. It's a day that waits upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So God spoke to you, but you were not sure. You wanted to clarify. You went out to pray again. And then you come out from the prayer room and you have that knowledge, that witness in your heart that this is the way God wants me to go. What happens is that with that confidence, strength is released for you to move forward. And if God spoke to you truly, when the storms comes, you know that God said. You know, like Jesus said, it is written. The Bible said that the scriptures cannot be broken. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should repent. What he has said, he will do. So if he said it, he will back you up. It might be tough. It might be. You might find resistance on the way. But what will happen is that because he has said it, at the end it shall speak. He said, every sin is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarries, at the end it shall speak. What matters is that God spoke. And what matters is that the hand of God or the mouth of God that said it, he will do it. He said, I hasten upon my word to perform. God watches over his word and then he performs it. So in the place of prayer, what you need is to come boldly and ask, Lord, you know, sometimes it's as simple as what do I do? 
See, getting the leading from God is not difficult. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. If you are his sheep, you will know his voice. Maybe you are struggling to figure out how to confidently say this is the voice of God, but at least you hear him. The Bible said the other day that when Samuel was in Eli's house, when God called him, he heard it. Although he did not know what voice or whose voice it was, but the beautiful thing is that at least he heard their voice. That shows that everybody hears God. When you hear it for yourself, you can say you have received a revelation or a word from God. When another person hears it for you, that is what becomes prophecy. But God always wants to come to you so that he can speak to you so that you will hear. So that when the storms come, you know that I heard. So that he can go back to him and say, Daddy, you said this. You go back with his word to him. His word becomes your anchor and your reference point. Now, the, the last one probably is that don't be under pressure to act or to make decisions. There are some people, they always want to please somebody. They want to please people as if you're ice cream. It's only ice cream that everybody likes. So if you're not an ice cream, you don't have to be pleasing everyone. Are you with me at all? See, never live your life to impress people. In my life, I don't impress anybody. Me, I don't impress anybody. I don't know if people are impressed by my life, but me, I don't live my life to impress anybody. As far as God is happy and I'm happy, we are good to go. If God is happy and I'm happy, I don't care. Come to that point where you live your life pleasing God and not trying to impress people so that people will put you under pressure. You have to do this. See, listen, one of the things that I always say is that one of the difficult things anybody will have is when a, a human being decides to say that I want, I am the one helping you. Do you understand? When people try to say I'm the one helping you, they want to dictate and take the glory for everything that comes to your life. But if you bank your hope on God, you will never be under pressure to do what somebody says do or what some people want you to do or what people feel this is how you should live your life. Zero stress. So if your life is not under pressure and if you want to make a decision and since you have not heard God, you don't have the confirmation yet, he still can wait. Waiting a bit more doesn't care. It's better to move slowly in the right direction than to move with speed in the wrong direction. Because if you are going in the wrong direction, you still have to come back. It's like driving on the motorway and you miss one exit. Man. Oh my God. And every time I'm on the motorway, I always, you know, the thought of being led by God comes to me. Because you just miss one exit. It doesn't only take you this path, it also takes you time to come back. And when you miss the exit, you have to come back to where you were supposed to be before you can get to where you need to be. Does that make sense at all? And that's why, that's how many people are living their lives. They are living their lives going in always the wrong direction. And then at some point when they have found the right direction after two years, three years, that they will have to start again. And then they will come and say, my life is being delayed. No, it's not a devil. It's your inability to hear God and to act 
promptly on the leading of the Spirit. If you decide to live your life in a way where you always follow God's leading, there will be nothing like delays and stagnations. You never feel they are delayed. Listen, God is a God of second chance. He's a God of speed. He can change things in a moment. Have you forgotten about Joseph? The Bible said that the guy was sold into slavery. But the word of God, the promise of God on his life did not die in prison. He was a slave for many years. But one night, divine speed, all things came together. All things, they worked together for the good of them that love him. He went to sleep. He woke up the next morning. And the vision that God gave him many years ago was standing in front of him. A day is coming that you wake up and then you find that that prophecy, that promise of God is what you are now living. Oh, did you hear that? I said a day is coming and then you notice, ah, this is what God told me years ago. This is the prophecy I received years ago. This is the dream I had. This is the vision I had many years ago. And this is the day I am walking in it. That day is coming. The last one is that you need to have faith in your own faith. What did I say? Have faith in your own faith. Believe that God can lead you. Believe that when God speaks to you and you know this is God speaking, believe and walk in it. Take some risks with your life. Bank your faith on your own faith. Do you understand that? If you want to marry the prophet, I want to marry this person. Me, I want to marry you. I resigned from giving marriage prophecies long time ago. I said, eh, let's pray and see what God is saying. You know what? Let's pray so that when you, are come, when you come back, let's compare notes. I'm not lying, but <laughs> you are the one going to marry. Why do you need another person to decide for you? Do you understand? So you, you should come to a point where you have banked your hope or your faith on your own faith. I believe God has heard me. Now, of course, there are, there are exemptions where people are still young in the Lord and they are still learning to hear the voice of God, right? That's what Eli did for Samuel. He said, all right, you heard a voice and you didn't know. You thought it was me. All right, go back when you hear the voice again. Say, Master, speak thy servant. He didn't say speak thy servant want to hear. Thy servant hears. So when you, you've heard the voice of God, practice obeying God. We have a lot of Christians who, doesn't, who don't like obeying God. They are the orgasm of their life. If you decide to be orgasm of your life, you have a long prayer list. Because the way will be there. He said you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. As we approach a new year, and as you begin to jot down your plans, this is why I preach long that position yourself to reason with God. He said, come let us reason together. He said, Lord, I abandon my life unto you. Your will, yours, your will, O oh Lord, and not mine. What do you need me to do in this season? Lord, I, I want to go this direction. Are you in it? Are you in it? 
The Bible said that when the Lord was leading the children of Israel by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, there were days that the, the cloud would stand for years, but they would still be there. They only move when they see God moving. Lift up your voice. And I want you to pray the seed of God leading you. God can lead your life to glory. Oh, the next few minutes you want to pray. Short de Palaro Sutea. Oh, shepherd of my soul, I give you full control of my life. Shepherd of my soul, thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Did you pray? It is that time of the year that we begin to make plans for the new year. But do not forget to reason with the Lord. And let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord guide you. Listen, maybe you have never got into that place where you make decisions that are inspired by God. You make decisions, you make moves that are inspired by God. There is always a starting point. This time, this season of your life can be a starting point where you say, Lord, I want to start something new with you. I want to make the decisions of my life, things that are inspired by you. I want to make the moves of my life be led by you. Thank you, Jesus. Shakapalatalapa. Pray, somebody. Shendelabalabarabaya. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Not lie but thine, O Lord. Not lie but thine, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.